Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. With Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome. To the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. I am uh, I'm on a little struggle bus today, full disclosure. Is this so. about is this about I, I got some feedback. It was like Andy talks about shitting a lot, and I was like, "Why? What are you struggling with?" I do talk about shitting a lot. Yeah, I do. I think actually, not just with you, with everybody. I'm just a little tired. We, we, we oh, we're okay. we're you know you look at quarterbacks sometimes they regress. We're we're going through a little regression with little little homegirl. So oh no, yeah, little little outburst. Two thirty in the morning, five thirty in the morning. So. You know, going through some going some, through some Baker Mayfielding. You might need to send her to Sean McVay, fix her up, get her back on. A, yeah, that's what I'm right thinking. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get some advice. If anybody has any advice out there for, you know, they always talk about the three month, four month sleep regression. Well, she's almost eight months. So I am I am left confused. What happened to my quarterback? My quarterback was sitting pretty. I was thinking, oh, we're in the clear. We're past that stage. Next thing you know. Three interceptions to the 49ers. Horrible. Andy, I can you, you have to give me one second. I've been on the road for so long. And when I'm on the road, I don't bring my mic stand and I I hold my mic. I just realized I'm back home, baby. I don't have to be doing this this work myself. Yeah, go grab it. And of Looks course, like, I froze again. Because yeah. God damn it. Oh, no, you, you on froze. Just yeah, go get your mic. Get your mic stand. Let's let's get let's get situated here. Let's make it an official dirty sports i like not having to hold you know that's that's extra work i'm not dirk at a press conference here we go we're back baby we're back with the home field advantage i'm way better when i can move my hands around i'm an italian you know need to be able to talk with my hands is that an italian thing talking with your hands yeah <laughs> i don't know is that an italian i love that, I love that. <laughs> like ruth is like does he, do the irish drink is that a thing <laughs> I just didn't know, you know, I mean, I can see it. That's the most, I might be the most classically Italian uh, thing ever. Like, you know, the that might might be the most cliche Italian idea of all time. I I think that comes before us being greasy, which I'm not really sure where that came from. I didn't know the Italians were called greasy either. (laughs) Greasy, filthy wops, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I've heard that. Greasy dagos. I, I, I'm a, I think I'm a we're. Just, I don't think we're greasy as much as that we're just glistening because they're in the you know the Mediterranean. At least my southern people just out there. It's like me being in Key West. Was I greasy or was I just glistening with a little perspiration? A, a, a neat, a neat, uh, tidy people. The Italians. Yeah, they, everything has its place. But but my I don't understand that. So like, greasy and dirty are kind of the opposite of. Keeping all your shit together. Yeah. 
you know it. It's it's all propaganda. Anytime well, some group, anytime some group starts to, you know, do well for themselves, people no, come my, in and they. You know the worst of them all. I don't know if you ever heard. It's like growing up in fucking Ohio. I don't know if it was Ohio or where I heard. You'd hear lazy Mexicans. There yeah, is yeah, not. Oh my a, god! I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Did you hear that too? Like, there's not yeah. a harder working group of people. I mean, lazy. That's, that's one st- of the who started lazy. That, that's one of the great. That's one of the most hilarious, uh, like, um, what's it called? Like counter counterintuitive things. Like these lazy Mexicans are coming up here and taking all our jobs. <laughs> like, are they lazy or are they taking you the jobs that you don't you don't want to do? I mean, seriously, yeah. I, I, truly, I think it comes from fucking Speedy Gonzalez. Remember, they were all like sleeping against the wall, and they're like, "Oh, Speedy, calm down, man. Just take a load off." And it's like. Dude, Speedy Gonzalez is the slowest working Mexican I've ever seen. I think you're right. I think it does come from Speedy, which then came from those writers who wrote Speedy. Yeah. So they started the propaganda. I mean, the Looney Tunes. You go back to the Looney Tunes. Like, geez. The French skunk is just a rapist. The Mexican mouse, the mice are all lazy. Uh, Yosemite Sam's like, I have sex with my sister. Pew, 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 pew. You know, you could, I mean, it's just cancel, 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 cancel. Yeah, yeah. Also, Yosemite Sam and uh, Davo Sweeney sound pretty much the same. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Maybe it was written after one of his ancestors. So we have some fun NFL stuff to talk about. I, I am. Yeah, wait. I didn't look at the rundown, Andy. I'm going blind. Oh, good. It's NFL season. I know. I, I assume we got things to talk about. Yeah, we got some calls. Great. Give us a thing, 310-359-8365. Again, I will say, please make it like I want to be able to understand it. We have multiple calls. I'm just, I think there's a call. It was fading in and out of service. I think we have a wild conspiracy about Brock Purdy. I think it was Brock Purdy. I don't know. Trying to assume his sexuality, which I thought, well, that's a weird take. Interesting. It, it was cutting in and out. Um, but just try to try to make sure I can understand you. And also, we're going to have to issue another. Guys, we can't leave four-minute calls. They're old Ruther's that. back. Well, you know, I just Remember like. Remember how old, old Ruther, dude, you went, you went a minute 15. You'd get the old Ruther. That was pre- um, sleep tank or whatever the fuck you do is pre dad Ruther. It was like angry road rage, calling people the C word on your way to Costco. Ruther, you went a minute 15. You got the fucking horns, dude. <laughs> yeah, you well. think I don't have anything better to do in life? To listen to an extra 15 seconds about your take about Kobe Bryant? Fucking kill yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not now, now. It's funny now. Dirt balls will completely rip me into a shred on a on a thread on Reddit. I'm just like cool, like I'm just like whatever. But uh, we do we do got lots of NFL talk again. Our favorite. Well, discussion. I love this. This is my favorite thing. Is when I don't yeah. when I don't read the rundown, and we come into a post week Monday, a post NFL weekend Monday. I always like to go, where's Andy Ruther going to start? Let's go. Well, where do you start now? Again, I don't know. It's, it's, I, mean, I, I want to talk man here. Well, here, here's what's on my mind. Cause it's the latest game. Cowboys Niners. 
I so think much to discuss. There's so much to discuss, not just from each quarterback to each team to obviously contenders versus pretenders. There's there's a lot there. I just want to say initial thoughts by far. I don't think this is anything crazy. You're probably going to agree with me. The Niners are by far the most dominant team in the NFL. It's, it's not a question. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Honestly, I, I you know, I've always low-key rooted for the Niners as a kid growing up, loved Rice, loved Montana. Like I've always I've never had any issue with the Niners or Niners fans or anything like that. Um so I, I you know, and I of course last night they play the Cowboys. So you're rooting I'm rooting hard as a Giants fan, I'm rooting hard for the Niners. But this is the first time in my life, and this this goes back to including some dominant Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, great defense teams. Uh, this is the first time in my life I've watched a team, and they're so dominant on both sides of the ball, and they're so well coached, and they they've built a great roster from the ground up, and they've built a great roster be, with savvy moves that you get it makes me angry how good they are it makes me angry because you know obviously my team is struggling right now but many teams are struggling right now and i think the thing with the nfl right now is there's really in my opinion only a couple teams there's a very small handful of teams probably a smaller amount than usual that i think are truly contenders to win the super bowl and you look at this team it's like why is it why is it so hard to to follow this model? Well, they dominate yeah. the the offensive and defensive line. They you know, I came into this game last week my part of the six pack of predictions was Brock Purdy's going to look human. He looked fantastic, but he doesn't like dude, they don't they don't even play outside like they never make any sort of offensive play that's like dangerous in any sort of way of turning over the ball. It's so mechanical. We're going to kick your ass six yards at a time, six yards at a time. And then when you get comfortable getting your ass kicked from six yards at a time, you're like, fuck, we're going to hold them to two yards. Then we pull off a play action, touchdown, 30 yards, play action, 25 yards here. It's so, it's just, they're, they are, top to bottom head and shoulders the best team in football right now and how they build this team is why i was getting so worked up in september let's not forget people kept bringing up the trey lance and worst trade up ever worst pick and i kept saying guys they're there's they've been a great team like it, it was just such a weird take to me when they're right there competing for a super bowl when they swung and they missed on that but they've hit on everything else. Like you said, how they put together the D line, the O line, the coach. Do you know Trent Williams? He is just an absolute game changer on their offensive line. Like you watch every play. He is just, he murders defenders. They, you know, you need, there's no stopping. You need two yards. They just, Oh, we're going to toss Caffrey to McCaffrey to that side. They got him for a third and a fifth. A third and a fifth. Yeah. He's an all pro fucking left tackle. Sure. 
And, you know, the development, like you said, on Brock Purdy, I'm going to play a call because I, th- I think he's actually progressing even better than most people give him credit for. And I'm just going to say it. I know it's one game, but it's not one game. To me, it's, it's the five games. I, I think he's teetering, if not in that MVP discussion, as long as they keep winning, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, especially not turning the ball over, completing a high percentage, how can he not be? And I think this call might back it up. Well, the the my only before you play the call, my only counter with that is you watch these games, and I, I like listen. I think he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I always have. I think from day one, like Jared Goff looked suspect from his first day in the league. I was never a Jared Goff guy, but it does feel like that one magical season with the Rams, where it's like, dude, you're not even. He's not even like having to do that much. Like it, it, it statistically is fantastic, but like he's not driving the ball down the field that often. Like in terms well, of, I think like, this call my, I, in the Zerbo had DM me about this. I think this might um, be a good counter to that. Okay. So I, you know, I haven't done a deep dive on his stats, but I'm just going to play the call. Joe and Andy. I uh, just wanted to call about the Purdy discussion you guys had last podcast. Um, I just got to defend my guy, Purdy. I'm a Niner fan. Um, and, you know, I just want to start this off saying I don't think he's great or good uh, at this time. I just think it's a TBD deal. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say. I don't think it's fair to say he's not good, though. I think it's just to it's be not. determined. Right now, he, is, he has the second highest yards per pass without yet. If you remove Yak, so net yards, he's second highest in the league right now. He doesn't even have the top 10 in Yak for all teams in the league. The Niners are 12th in Yak. Uh, He's third in the league in completion percentage, and he's one of only three starters who has not thrown a pick. Uh, So, yes, the Niners are probably the greatest team in NFL history to throw an average or even below average quarterback out there and make them look good or great. Um, and that's not my point. I'm not saying he's great or even good. My point is that you just can't say at this time. It ha- I just feel like it's fair to Purdy to say, hey, it's just to, to be determined until he's on a normal team. So, But I think it's unfair to say he's not doing anything else but dumping it off to the flats and letting his guys run. In fact, he is number one in uh, passing downfield for 15 yards or more. Um, so some sneaky good Purdy – facts right there and i think he's underrated right now yeah i know it's early but just giving the guy some credit for now anyway uh so um i love prano he's nailed every other quarterback discussion in the history of of your guys' podcast and i'm always behind him um but i just think he's starting down the right the wrong direction on purdy for now anyways just had to defend my guy that's my quarterback hey dirty every every other discussion is now listen i I, I understand what he's saying and I'm and I'm I, I'm not sort of I'm not going to try to debunk that. That's not really my point. And it's that's a great call, by the way. And actually, I think that it I think if he's calling to defend his guy, dude, get go a little bit harder. Like Brock Purdy is good. There's no say. there's no doubt. Yeah. Dude, in the NFL, you have to like it is you have to play within yourself. You have to like, you know, this is like. 
this is kind of Tom Brady ish where it's like, we went so far down the, the path of like people being like, Brady's the goat, Brady's the goat. When there was always people out there who were like, listen, he's not Peyton Manning. He's not fucking this guy. He's not this guy. And it's like, well, what does it matter? He has seven Super Bowls. And, and, and listen, I completely agree with that in, in the sense that like, I, do I think that like right now, I think if you called Kyle Shanahan and you're like, Hey, we want to do Brock Purdy for Justin Herbert straight up. I think he would go, do you want me to drive Purdy there now? Or do you want me to cut him into small pieces and put him in a FedEx box and ship him to you? Like I, what should I, I can ship him overnight. Like, how do you want to do this? That being said, I think the way the NFL works is five years from now, if Brock Purdy has two Super Bowls and Justin Herbert has none, the whole world's going to say Brock Purdy's better than Justin Herbert. When I don't like, I don't think he is. That being said, you you just need to be great in in the system that you're in with the players that you have. And Brock Purdy is doing that. The, the my counter to the 15 yards is we it, like that is a good number because it's certainly not you know you're throwing seven yard passes every time but you watched the game last night it's like the first touchdown uh for for Kittle uh and even the second touchdown for Kittle it's like this is we're getting into like the Russell Wilson is great at throwing the ball downfield guy it's like Dude, you're dominating teams offensively by tossing the ball to Cat McCaffrey, by putting Debo in the backfield, by being able to throw these screen passes. It impossible when you're getting death by a, a thousand cuts from these short plays not to then get burnt on the play action passes. So 15 yards downfield, but like, how many balls, and and to be fair, Purdy doesn't need to do this right now to win, but how many long passes? And when I say long passes, I'm not talking about play action, you know, deep crosses. How many, like, long passes? I mean, we've seen him overthrow a bunch of balls when we're talking about throwing the ball downfield. But let me just say, I don't care. Who gives a shit? Like, like to excel in the system that you are in, I, I said last week that he has that benefit. I'm not saying he's incapable of throwing the ball down the field. I don't think anybody in the NFL, uh, with very few exceptions historically, is incapable of throwing a 25-yard cross, you know? But 15 yards, we're, we're talking about, oh, the most passive 15 yards. Dude, they're dominating teams. They're running the ball down fucking people's throats. And then... It sets up that play action so perfectly. Well, look, for sure. But again, we do have another Brady early Patriots discussion. He's part of that reason, like you said, playing in that system. And I'll be honest, man. Do you want to mess with team chemistry? I know you just tossed out a hypothetical, Justin Herbert, and everybody, nobody would disagree as far as mechanics and arm. But it's like... It, it's worth he's never he's never lost a regular season game. What, what is it? Is it up to 10 now? Right. 11? He he never has lost. And again, I do think the system is amazing. And Shanahan 
is just a brilliant coach. But you still it's have not to even execute. really just, it's it, it's it's all that it's all that and having just every guy who can touch the ball. That's what I'm saying. But you have to execute a weapon. still. Yeah, of course. I, that's why that's why that's why, you know, that's why the argument through the years of Brady and and Manning and Brady versus Marino and Brady versus Montana and all that stuff. Like, listen, when you want to make a comparison, if if we want to do forget early Brady, this is Mont this was Montana's whole fucking game, dude. Yeah, for sure. Montana, you are your your team is dominant. Brock Purdy is Montana light. Yeah, but the, now now what's going to be the question mark is of course Joe Montana's played epically in every Super Bowl he played in uh, and was great in the playoffs and all that. And here's the thing. I think it's a very similar situation in that right now I look around the NFC. I don't see a team that they're going to have to really do something out of their comfort zone to beat even in the playoffs. The Philly defense isn't what they were last year. No. Now Philly's also undefeated and listen, you can get like they're the idea of them getting hot or getting better. Like they're already undefeated. You are your record, but their defense isn't what it was last year. And right now it's a sleepwalk to the Super Bowl. Well, I actually think I'm going to say it. So listen up Lions fans. I'm going to say it. I think right now, this very day, the second best team in the NFC is the Lions. From an all-around team, how they're playing, I think it's Detroit. I think Detroit's definitely playing better football than Philly right now. And do you think that a Detroit Lions game, playoff game on the road in Santa Clara, do you, I think they get fucking boat raced. <laughs> I agree. I'm so, just saying. Like, but my point is that's where we're at with the NFC right now. And and that and that's and and by the way. That has nothing to do with Brock Purdy or McCaffrey or whatever, which is this is where we go back to me saying Brock Purdy isn't having to do a whole lot in terms of driving the ball far downfield is that the Niners defense is so good that Goff will have to do that and Purdy can still remain within the system. By the way, I, I, I've, I've said this and I'll say it again. You know, the, the critique of, Brady or or Montana or whoever was system QB. It's the highest compliment you could give, in my opinion, to a QB. You're in your system. Make it fucking work. The the conversation about who is better, like no one's saying that Tom Brady wasn't better at running the Patriots system than Peyton Manning was at running the, the Colts system. Because the system is all the players you have and all those things. Brock Purdy has looked fucking fantastic. And I don't, uh, calling him the system QB is the highest compliment. And the way you look around the league right now, it's, it feels similar to those Montana days where it's like, you guys just run the system the whole fucking time. Like, you know, obviously you, you know it very well, but the Montana versus the Bengals in the Super Bowl. That's where that's where the question marks come in. We saw system QB Garoppolo with a chance to win a Super Bowl miss a couple throws. We saw Joe Montana, you know, fucking have a sip of Miller Lite on the sideline, smoke half a cigarette, 
high five John Candy and then be like, who wants to go win a fucking Super Bowl? Go down the field, carving you up, walk off waving his fucking finger. Where is Brock Purdy between those two guys? Well, that's, that's the, the TBD. Question. Yeah, right? that's the TBD. And I think Brock Purdy, I'm going to like defend myself almost a little bit more against this caller. I think Brock Purdy is great. Now, at the yeah. same time, I think if you told Kyle Shanahan, like I said, trading for Justin Herbert, I think Kyle Shanahan's going, well, this, is a, this isn't about one Super Bowl. This is about long-term projection, what I can do with that guy. I, like, again, do you want me to... I'm just going like, to give Brock the keys to his dad's truck and send him down the freeway. So if you're here's, – here's my thing. Here's what I was thinking last night watching this game. You talked about growing up you were low-key Niners where I was the opposite, right, just from that Super Bowl. I hated the Niners. I always hated them because they were always good in the eight, late 80s, 90s, all those Super Bowls after what they did to the Bengals on that 92-yard drive by Montana, right? So I hated them. But take me to present day. When you talk about watching offenses or NFL offenses I've enjoyed over the years, right? Like loved the Rams, greatest show on turf. And that little window that they had was so fun to watch. Love some of these Patriots teams, especially the Moss. This team, the Dallas Cowboys and their run, those were, those were a fun offense to watch as a kid. This team now, as far as Watching them run both sides of the ball for sure, but I'm particularly focusing on the offense. It's just fun to watch because you're saying, what's he going to do? What's he going to write up or, or draw up for the next play? It's a fun team to watch. The reason I think the Niners are so dominant and so dangerous from on the offensive side of the ball right now is they can like it's such a it's such a kind of like a elementary idea but you need the the manpower to do it they can run these play actions with purdy on first down because everybody assumes they're going to run the ball and then it mm -hmm. opens up all that stuff and if they are incomplete and and you know obviously purdy did not look human like i predicted last week but they're early in the game after the first drive which is we all know is the scripted drive he had a couple of throws like the the, the next couple drives there's a lot of throwing into defenders hands at the line getting tip passes or a couple overthrows a couple things it was like ooh, uh-oh but what they can do is they can run those plays on first down and if they're looking at second and ten the it seems like their playbook is endless when it comes from going from second and 10 to third and two. Like, it just seems like they have an endless amount of seven to eight yard plays. Oh, we're, we're faking a jet sweep and tossing to McCaffrey. Oh, we're doing a little hitch with, uh, uh, with Kittle. Oh, we're putting Debo in the backfield and you go from second and 10 to, third and two because he just took a sweep to just like, Hey, run to the sticks, uh, you know, all the screens, all the things. And they put themselves in these third and short situations. And then you go, fuck dude. I don't know what we're, they, they could do anything right now. Yeah. It's an open playbook. Now we have to talk about the Cowboys. Conversely, the Cowboys again, to quote our boy, Tug Coker, paper tigers. They, they headed into this game. Their wins were against the jets. You Giants and what other 
not good team do they beat? Uh, the Patriots. Patriots, who are an absolute dumpster fire right now. So that defense, which had given up the fewest points in the league, had faced three pretty piss-poor offenses. So not only was their offense exposed, I think their defense was exposed to a huge degree. And Dak Prescott, here we are again, man. Three picks. He ain't that guy, man. He just ain't that guy. Well, there's there's two sides to this. Um, and let's first talk about their defense. Obviously, I again, I've talked about my now failed prediction. I also predicted the, the Niners win this game and cover. And the reason I thought that is because I just thought the Niners are too much. But the Dallas defense, I came into this game going, they might not stop them, but they have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They have guys who even, you know, in games where they're not dominating are going to be able to make a couple plays. And I kind of expected that to happen. But you get into a, a situation where you're playing a team that's from a personnel standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, talent standpoint, better than you. You then get into a situation where that team can just say, hey, let's only focus on stopping those playmakers from making huge plays and otherwise just fucking run it down their throats. Yeah. And that's what they did. That that then puts the onus on the offense to try to stay within the game. And of course, I agree with you the, that this is sort of I, I, I don't even want to do it because it's offensive to Brock Purdy. Um, but this is kind of the situation that we're talking about is you never you'll never know what kind of guy a quarterback really is until he's forced into those situations early in Dak Prescott's career. They're running people over with a great offensive line and with Zeke Zeke we remember was in the MVP conversation and they're winning games close and they're playing great defense and they're running the ball down your throat and Dak Prescott's playing this very and the, it came up this week weekend uh, mistake free game. The CJ Stroud just broke his record for most consecutive passes to start a, a career without an interception. That was the way Dak Prescott was playing early on in his career. You don't have to take a ton of chances, run the ball down their throats, do the play action, use your legs a little bit. If you need to stay within yourself. But then the last few years, the Cowboys personnel situation is we need Dak at some point to go make plays. And he is not that guy. Yeah. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. No, he's not. And I, and I don't know how many of these just bad games we need to see. He led the NFL in interceptions last year. And, and there, there, look, we agree. There are different, there are good interceptions and there are bad interceptions. hundred percent. He throws I mean, bad interceptions. Yeah, there's not good interceptions, but there's... You know what right, I mean. Right. There's tip balls. There's, hey, I got to make a play. It's third down. We're yeah. losing. There's I gotta, punts. Yeah. Yeah. I got to force something. Like, there are there are different... There's a spectrum of interceptions. There is. Which I don't feel gets discussed as much, uh, you know, enough as it should. But he's making bad throws. He's making reckless throws. He's making throws that look desperate at times. I mean, the was it? It was uh, Goff and Trubisky years ago where we coined the medium pizza game. Correct. And I believe 
the Rams won that game, and didn't they go on to play the Cowboys? No, they actually lost that game. They lost. They to lost the Bears. The, the Bears, but they made it to the Super Bowl. Right. Right. They but, crushed. They crushed the Cowboys. Yeah. That was. That was. That playoff game was in L.A. And uh, who's the guy who came in for an injured Todd Gurley and he rushed all over him? Oh, that's right. Yeah. OJ um, and some somebody no, not, what somebody Anderson? I think that's correct. Is it CJ Anderson? Yeah. Um it's it, you know, we're at that point right now with Dak where it's like you're fully and, and we I think we've de- said it before, it's like you're fully medium pizza because Ooh, I'm, Dak's a medium pizza now. Uh, yeah, if if not like uh yeah, I mean I think he's a safely I mean I think he's Goff when he wasn't on a dominant team. I think he's Trubisky when he wasn't on a great team. It's like when you when the, when you're a medium pizza and you show up and people are like, oh, I'm only medium hungry. And like, I wasn't expecting this pizza. And that's great because somebody already brought wings and somebody already brought, you know, all like a side salad. You're like, ah, I mean, throw the medium pizza out here and no one questions it. Yeah. But when, but when six guys are sitting around uh, a football game, smashing Miller lights and one guy's like, I ordered pizza and a medium pizza arrives, that guy's going to get murdered. You're going to be like, what, the, what is this, bro? We're all taking one slice out of a medium. I can't like, is, I is, this, is this some sort of Chinese pizza torture? By the way, I ordered two medium pizzas. Right. What was, what was the move? What was I thinking? Now I know it was only a few of us. Cause we called that game live. Oh, that was a whole, and that wasn't even my example, but that was a whole different, that's a whole different thing. I mean, we were, we were making a day of it and you ordered two medium pizzas. No, we were doing a Sunday night game. Yeah. But we were like, we're calling the game and like, you know, it's like, that's a go big or go home situation. But yeah, yeah, I mean, imagine if just one medium pizza had showed up, it would have been world war three. And and that's where you're I, at. I can't argue though. I you know at first when you said Dax a medium pizza, I want to be like, is he? But it's tough to argue that he's not a medium pizza. Yeah. I mean, he's got a topping. I'll say he's like a pepperoni or a sausage. Sure. He's not cheese. But listen, the it's the the Cowboys defense isn't bad. No, right? of course not. They're not bad. Every team's gonna every team's defense is gonna look bad against the Niners. They have playmakers out there, but the offense has weapons. They've only beaten really bad teams. Like again, again, like if you pick up Dak Prescott, let me just ask you this question. And again, I, I like, I feel like maybe there's some confusion here as to my thoughts on Brock Purdy, which is like, I hope we never have to find out like for the, if I was a Niners fan, it's like, I hope I never have to find out if Brock has this in him because it's like, who gives a shit? Just do yeah. your job. But are the Niners undefeated if they have Dak Prescott this year? No. No? I think they're absolutely undefeated. You I do? Ab- yeah. I think they're absolutely undefeated. I think that's ex- the perfect example is like, mm, I don't know, man. He makes who, again, did they he lo- makes so- who do they lose to? I don't know. He makes so many mistakes. When he needs to make a play. That's the situation. Dak Prescott ain't that guy. Dak Prescott can exist and look great and make and and start his career 
with a record-setting lack of interceptions when they're feeding Zeke and the offensive line is dominant and they're stopping people on defense. Yeah. But when the other team is putting up points and you have to also make a play, he has weapons. Sure. He's not that fucking guy. He's a medium pizza. All right. We got to get through some of these other teams, some of these games. Give a lot of attention to this. But that's well, it was, a, it was, it was, I mean, it, it's a big game. It's a big game. The The Niners came out and showed they're the best team in football, and they also exposed the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Now, the NFC, or, or, you know, it sounds like we kind of know where we're at in the NFC. The AFC's kind of taking some turns I didn't really think would happen this early. You know, you have just jumbled up divisions. You have the Chiefs, who are still leading the way. But that was a fun little back-and-forth game. A little bummed about the spread there. A little bummed that, you know, just they were close. They were close. But they just couldn't get it done. Your boy, Captain Kirk. What did you make of that? What did you make of that pass interference, non-pass interference call? Uncatchable, obviously, right? See, for me, those are tough because if he comes back, I, I can, it's tough for me to gauge. Could he get near that ball? Near it and and catch it, I think, are different things. But isn't that all we're going for? No, I think you. I think the determination. Honestly, it's an, like to me. Sorry for hitting that. To me. I need like to, to feel like the NFL is doing a good job of officiating these games, which I still don't think they are. I need the occasional uncatchable. Like you just, we just can't this, this strategy for these middle of the road teams can't just be chuck it. When, when the offense knows where the play is coming, they have the elite athlete and just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do a heave and, yeah. and that's going to run it off. It's like offenses are good enough at this point. Sure. The, the, the like, that ball was uncatchable, in my opinion. Now the whole thing with the helmet off, Vikings fans, you're, I mean, you guys have embarrassed yourself to the point. Well, of well, no here's return. the deal: that is a penalty. Yeah, but also it doesn't change. It, you don't keep the ball. So yeah, so they would still have the ball. It is odd that they don't call that. He sure. blatantly takes his helmet off. You got to sure. call the 15 yards. Sure. That that's. I think I I think the only reason they didn't, and I and I, obviously it is a penalty, is it seemed like he took his helmet off calmly to have a conversation with them, as opposed to like throwing it or whatever. Well, what the, the, no, I know, so, I know. Letter of law, I know the letter of law, of course. That that being said, it doesn't change the game at all. No, because the the Chiefs still get the ball. It's still first and ten. True. It's just where they get the ball. I was hoping and, they would and, kick. I was hoping they would kick a field goal to cover. And also, and also, can we just like, does it, I know Vikings fans are like, Joe, can you just let us be? No, I can't. First of all, um, focus on the twins guys, because your, your football season is over. Doesn't it, it's kind of fun. I mean, I want them to get blown out every week, but it's kind of fun that at the end of every single game, the other team gets, gives Kirk cousins four opportunities to be clutch. I mean, he's had in the last like four games, he's had. 15 drives to be clutch and it's 0 for 15. He didn't even yeah. get the Hail Mary off. Yeah, these end of games are pretty telltale for quarterbacks. Right? 
you watch the end of some of these games and teams that can at least make like like the Bills didn't win, but I texted you. They're down two scores. Josh Allen drives down literally in like three plays to set up the onside kick. My, my, my point is like, to me, that's a telltale sign. Okay, we're down two touchdowns with literally like two minutes and change to go. What are you going to do? Oh, shit, you're going to drive right down. Give me a chance, a small chance. And then you got guys like Kirk Cousins. And I'm going to throw Lamar Jackson in there, how that game ended. Bro. The last three drives, I tweeted it yesterday. The last three drives are a, a horrible, horrible throw into the end zone that's picked. You literally like the name of that game, the 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 the, the whole point of that route, the whole point of that strategy, the only reason teams do it is you throw that ball up in a way where your guy gets it or it goes over his head or it goes out of bounds or whatever. He underthrows a, a nine yard fade by five yards. Next play next uh uh drive sack strip fumble. Yeah. Next drive gets a receiver murdered. Is that guy alive? murdered with an overthrow over the middle. And then was that, is, was that the order that went? And then how did the game or the game ended on the strap strip sack fumble? Yeah. And I was watching that game pretty intently. Not a yeah. fun, terrible game to watch. pick strip sacked. Yeah. Gets, gets a receiver killed and then just sacked to end the game. Sack to end the game, time runs out because he goes down. I can't believe they lost that game. That was a game, and I took the Ravens. I'm sorry, I took the Steelers to cover, and I had zero confidence in it. So listen, uh, what a painful, what a painful game to watch when you're when you're uh, when you're weirdly when you're a lone man on Picket Island, you're just out here planting flags on Picket Island, and people are like, "Dude, you, this may as well be Firefest. What are you doing there?" And I'm like, I don't know. He made a clutch throw at the end for the touch. I know. This is what for, I'm saying. For the touch, you know. I here, Here's the thing. This offense for the Ravens, it looked pretty pretty well against the Bengals. Like, they played pretty decently against the Bengals, the game I went to. <laughs> They're not looking good, though. And I know they have injuries, guys. Everybody's going to bring that up. I know they have injuries. But yeah, they went out. Is, that's like the name of the that's, fucking NFL. That's the thing. They bring in Odell. They draft Zay Jones. Like, like. They made moves for Lamar. This is not that offense. Everybody, do you remember? Do you remember the hype train? I just want to remind people the hype train on the Ravens. Oh, we got a new offensive coordinator. We got some wide receivers. This is gonna be Lamar's year. He it's just not so far. You know, we're almost a third into the season. That division's completely up for grabs at this point, right? You have Pittsburgh is somehow three and two, Ravens are three and two. The Bengals with a must-need win yesterday, right? A game back at two and three. And where are the Browns at? Two and two. They don't buy. Right. So everybody's right there. Everybody's right there. I'm not going to put too much into the Bengals win yesterday. I'll, I'll say this much. You save your season for sure. Joe Burrow looked very good yesterday. He showed he can throw the deep ball. He can move in the pocket. That's a huge, huge sign for Bengals fans. But again, like, I hate to just keep bringing this up. I think Chandler is so bad. 
Here, here's why. I, I, I'm not arguing yesterday's game exposes how bad he is because what they did was they said, we're just, we're just going to get Jamar Chase the ball. Right? Like, Joe, we're going to do some of these quick two-yard outs. You're Jamar Chase. You make guys miss. He sets a record for most receptions in Bengals history in one game. My point is, the two games they've won, 12 catches, Rams, 15 catches. It's not rocket science. My, my, my knock on Zach Taylor's play calling, again, it's all about the play calling, is, dude, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take you five games to figure out or figure out, hey, maybe if we get Jamar in space every single game with a hobbled quarterback, things can happen. Which, listen, we talked about the Niners before, and why the Niners are so dominant is it almost feels like um, Shanahan has a has a, a list of his weapons and he is trying to keep everybody fairly even throughout the game. And that's why they're so dominant. It's like, ooh, we haven't we haven't done a Debo play in a minute. We haven't done a fucking Kittle play in a minute. And and you're it seems like he's checking these boxes. That's why they're so dominant. But you have a lot of teams that only have a weapon or two weapons. I mean, you look at the Vikings. Dude, like uh, Justin Jefferson hurt is Kirk Cousins pacifier. Like he he would cry if he didn't have him in his mouth. Like yeah. he and and it's like it, in to some degree you're like, well, you know, not a great situation to be in when your quarterback only looks good because he has a security blanket receiver that he always throws to in need. But dude, Patrick Mahomes has that with Travis Kelsey it's not like good teams don't do this. Like it's okay. If you're Zach Taylor to be like, when in doubt, throw it to Jamar chase. Yeah. I'm sure you saw what he said last week. I'm always fucking open. Yeah. I I just don't, I just don't understand again, why it would take this long to just say, we're going to force feed him. That division, I tell you what, though, it's like, who do you pick? Well, you already you buried the Bengals last week. I did. I still think it's nine, and I keep I keep texting my buddy to mess with him. I keep saying nine and eight season. I've been doing that since they started one and two. I kept saying nine and eight season, nine and eight season. I stick by that. I think we're we're you know around that. Like they're like if I'm in that wheelhouse, nine well, and eight. When you I, look at the teams, it's like. If you're a Bengals fan, which I know a lot of our listeners are, um, you can't be worried that it's like the Ravens are running away with this fucking division. The Steelers, good for the Steelers for being like right no in offense. it and being sneaky. Yeah, but like, and the Browns, their defense is so good, but they're sitting there at two and two. You got to feel good if you're the if you're the if you're the Bengals, not because of how you guys played yesterday, but just like the state of the division. A hundred percent. But, but you know, if I was one of those fans as well, you got to be worried because the biggest Achilles heel are those type of defenses. They're right. at the quarterback, the right. Ravens, Steelers and Browns. It's like, right. Dude, th those guys, I, I, I'll say that the division, I think, or as, as far as the Bengals, the next two games are going to decide that they get the Seahawks at home by, then they're at San Francisco. If, if you can split those, 
and go to three and four, you're still in it. You drop the two and five. I, I I would say you're most likely out. I don't see them beating San Francisco. Well, in, again, in it's all it's all the, and this is when you look around the league right now. Um, like the Eagles are five and zero, oh, but the Eagles came out with like a little nice little softy to start. You know, a couple soft games, like and, and then and they played them close. It's all, it's not just where you're, it's not just how many wins you have. It's where your wins are coming and where your losses are coming. And that's why the game against the Titans was so fucking killer for the Bengals. It's like, cool. You got your win against the Cardinals. You're two and three. You were two and three last year or whatever. But it's like, dude, you're, some of your losses, you have to think that you're going to lose to the Niners. And maybe you don't think you're going to lose to the Seahawks. But now you're in a position where you have to beat a scrappy Seahawks team. I, I think they do. I, I think that'll be a good game. That'll be a good test. Side note, speaking of the Seahawks, listen to the full Marshawn Lynch. It's a two-part podcast. It's about two hours total on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay. What a great, what a great listen. There's a lot of nugs in there that I didn't play. My favorite is, <laughs> dude, you can't make this up. You talk about another knock on Russell Wilson. Dude, this is unbelievable. Did you hear what did you hear what Russell Wilson said to him? After the interception during the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson said to Marshawn Lynch, we'll get him next time. <laughs> Bro. And then Marshawn went and laughed in Pete Carroll's face, which everybody's playing that clip. He said, we'll get him next time. What a cornball. Well, this and is, I, oh, this is, here's the perfect transition, right? Yeah. And we, we got to talk, we got to talk Jets Broncos for sure. This is a six pack of predictions that I poured and chugged and let out a good after because i've obviously been very critical of russell wilson for us for i mean again this was me on Firefest island back in the day i'm like i'm here if anybody wants to join me and people are like that guy's crazy um and i was like okay but there's coconuts here and there's uh I've, I'm, I've i've dug a saltwater pool it's getting pretty nice here you sure you guys don't want to come and now now it's like fucking key west it's overrun with people yeah. but I predicted Zach Wilson outplays Russell Wilson uh, and the Jets win, which obviously happened. The game's a big Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton revenge game. But what's funny is, and I always obviously found uh, Russ defenders to be insane, even when he was on a team that was winning, is if you had gone on, you you could still find it, obviously. A lot of people haven't deleted it. Um, it was Russell Wilson isn't playing bad. Russell Wilson isn't the problem with the Broncos, which there's a lot of problems when your team stinks. But at the same time, you we cannot in good faith uh, be a person that goes on the Internet and talks sports and points to Russell Wilson's like yardage in a game against the fucking Dolphins where they were in the prevent from the middle of the first quarter. They scored yeah. 70 on you, bro. Oh, Russell Wilson threw like average to some nice yards per attempt. Yeah, dude. You but they were getting their fucking shit pushed in. 
And then you come home yesterday against the Jets team, which obviously has a fairly good defense, is going to struggle to fucking move the ball. You take a safety. You have a strip sack fumble for the loss. You, like, Russell Wilson isn't good. The end. Zach Wilson outplayed Russell Wilson. The Jets won. And Daniel, and, uh, is it Daniel Hackett? Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett and his brother Daniel Hackett danced on Sean Payton's fucking visor. We got a call by Sean Payton. From a Broncos fan? No. From Kyle Saints fan? Oh, okay. Calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champion. I think that Sean Payton might be the biggest fraud in the history of fraudulence. Like, since that word was created. I mean, you got one Super Bowl. You probably should have made it to a second one. But the level of talent that he had on those teams and didn't do shit. And now your Broncos are one and four or whatever they are. And they're going to go fucking four and 13 or whatever, four and 12, four and 13, whatever the schedule is now. You fucking stink. And don't talk about my offensive coordinator. I'm allowed to talk shit about my offensive coordinator. I'm allowed to wish death upon him and his loved ones. You're not. You're not a Jets fan. You don't have to watch it every week. So don't do that. You're not allowed to talk about him. I am. You're not. And also, uh, you got a fucking dart in your neck. Fucking Sean Payton. <laughs> Cons are for Sean Payton and uh, Travis Kelsey and lastly, the New England Patriots. Fuck them. I love it. First of all, I love the dirty slides. Fuck them at the end. Second of all, I love the old school reference, but I don't know why. I don't know why he has a dart in his neck. I was wondering why he did the Sean William Scott to Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. You got a fucking dart in your neck. Awesome. He's, he's like, he goes, he, goes, if, he goes, yes. He's like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. I mean, we've talked about it at length at this point. Sean Payton coming back. They do have a worse record through five games than Hackett had last year. Their defense, which last year, their defense was great. I think people forget. Their defense was great. The defense under Sean Payton, I know he's an offensive guy. I think I saw a stat. Did you see this? They've given up the second most points ever through five games. Now, we know 70 points didn't help. But ever through five games. So the point is, like, you bring in this offensive guy, defense is shit. You can go back on this podcast, guys. You know me. You know me. When I fucking make a claim and I end up right, I will fucking reference it forever. You can go back on this podcast. You can listen to me say it. You can listen to me say you have a good defense. The Seahawks won a Super Bowl because they had a good defense and they made Russ game manage. The shit went awry when let Russ Cook started. You bring him over to Denver. He looks like shit. And your strategy is get Sean Payton to help Russ Cook. I said it word for fucking word. If the Broncos 
think that Russell Wilson can be the guy, then what they should do is follow the blueprint already set out for how Russell Wilson wins games. Take your good defense, get a defensive coach like Pete Carroll. Obviously, Pete Carroll was not available. Focus on stopping teams. Focus on running the ball. Focus on setting up play action. Make Russell Wilson serve drinks. Not cook. Make Russell Wilson bar back. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I'm going to bring it back to that Marshawn Lynch podcast. That's what he was saying. He was like, look, man, our recipe for success was so good. And he didn't really have the best. He, I shouldn't say it wasn't a bad. He didn't have a bad relationship with Pete Carroll. He said, Pete, you know, he only said Pete's a great coach, but it was funny. He basically said, Pizza rah rah, you know this. I'm that's not me. I'm a. I'll see you on Sunday, and I'll show up ready to play. Yeah. And he's. And, and, but he also said a lot of guys bought in, and that was good for our team. But anyway, my point is, Marshawn Lynch said something interesting. He said, "I think Pete, ever since it all blew up, has been trying to mimic again that formula yeah. with the defense, with the running game, with that type of quarterback." And his point was, the, there, but there isn't right. There was only so many of those guys, you're not able to mimic it. But the, the discussion, like you're saying with Russ, is, it, is, think, is that. I, I think the thing about Pete mimicking it is if Pete's not done, which obviously there's no sign of him being done, is you remember the, the Seahawks were like, oh, sneaky, good, and kind of hanging around and whatever before that. I think what what Pete's trying to do is build it again. And that's and what he's saying. Is, is forget mimic it because you don't have the talent to mimic it right now, but you can build it and and by building it what you do is we don't go get a quarterback who we think can be a game changer right now and try to have a shootout it's like good run the ball down your throat offenses play smash mouth football defenses that's all built fucking slowly you've got to acquire like you've got to have the guys well they got you some draft. good young draft picks defensively. exactly and, but but also when you look at what the seahawks did they're in a position to build it because they traded Russell Wilson for a bunch of draft picks. For sure. And and, and again, that, that kind of sucks because it's it's a what could have been for sure, those those teams. But you can't argue that as far as the current Broncos, that they need the defense, they need that same formula. And but also what do what they a, do? I but also ask. what a reckless what like you know. What a what a poorly played poker hand that you had. You're in the AFC West. You've got a pretty good defense. There's a model here for we can't outscore the Chiefs. We can't outscore the Chargers. If we want to compete in this division, we need to be the team that stops them. It's so clear. Meanwhile, instead they're like, let's go get Russell Wilson and try to fucking have shootouts with the Chiefs and the Chargers. And it's like, guys, you can't have shootouts with that. You can't have shootouts with the Jets. And it's why I said to all you, again, I will fucking do my touchdown celebration. It'll be an elaborate choreographed dance when I am right. Shameful t football takes. For people to be like, yep, Russell Wilson of the Broncos, they're going to be a playoff team. 
dude, they're in a division where everybody's offense is better. Yeah. And the two teams that are, you know, have been playoff teams the last few years, their offense is worlds better. Sure. We have young receivers. Cool. I guess go get Russ then and let him cook. Well, the Jets, the good news for the Jets and the Jets fans, which was always bad news, you're in the same division as the Patriots. Yeah. How bad and how far have the Patriots fallen? The Patriots are unwatchable programming on TV. It's it's an abomination of football. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's not football. What what do they do? Is is Belichick is he Dunzo? What what's going on here? It's tough. It's tough to look at. First of all, you know, you just said in relation to the Jets. I mean, the Jets season's totally different if they right now. Like, I mean, it's obviously turning around a little bit, but god damn it, the Patriots are so bad. Can you imagine like well, you guys had to you lost to the Patriots? This is this Jets team of three and two versus two and three. It's a big fucking difference. Big difference. If they if they had beaten that Patriots team, especially since they already have a win against the Bills. So the, the that that Patriots loss could be haunting the Jets the whole season. But back to the Patriots. What's crazy about the Patriots right now is that if you look at the Patriots historically, besides the Randy Moss, you know, undefeated season, you look at obviously Brady turned into a le- like one of the great quarterbacks of all time, if not one of the great football players of all time. But they were never a team packed with like crazy playmakers. Gronk ended up being a crazy playmaker, but like they, it's it feels like Belichick was always great at getting these guys who could just like know their role and play their role. And now, obviously, the quarterback is a big position, but like. They don't have guys anywhere that really stand out as great players. And I guess the question is forget Belichick as a coach right now, because I think he, it's not like he's lost the ability to strategize. Yeah. But they're just getting dominated. I guess the question is more about uh, Belichick's ability to find talent. Like it seems like, well, it seems he, like he's, he's really hit a wall. Well, he has as a talent evaluator. Not just defensively. Look at some of these offensive moves at wide receiver they've done the last few years. But they never had those guys, right? It's like they kind of always had. No, I know. But let's not forget they traded up for Mac Jones. Right. I mean, they're they're striking out on all these picks. It's like he's lost that touch. That's and that's a bigger thing. But now the question is, they're getting their asses so thoroughly kicked that the conspiracy of forget the getting fired. I've seen I've seen the conspiracy of him wanting to get fired and moves elsewhere. But what like is this tank mode now? It like is has has Belichick 
sort of checked his own ego where he's like, you know what? The whole Brady Belichick thing is like, you know, maybe I still believe that it was more me than it was Tom, but also it helps to have an elite quarterback. I should go get one of those. Or the secondary conspiracy, is he trying to lose to go elsewhere? Uh, or are they just fucking bad? They suck, dude. Or a combination of all three. He's like, whatever, let's just lose a bunch of games. I get a high draft pick if we do. I can get fired if we do. I, I mean, they're obviously the Patriots are never going to fire him, right? They would never. You wouldn't think. I mean, he's look, him and Pete Carroll are the oldest coaches. I believe they're both in their 70s, maybe. I know Carroll is. Yeah, what point do you just like? I don't want to deal with this shit. It doesn't seem Belichickian to chase the record because obviously he's got the record for Super Bowls. How important do you think that wins thing is to him? And is that the only reason that he sticks around for a few more years, whether it be there or elsewhere? I don't know. Because, dude, at this point, like, I mean, what isn't he like 40 games off it or 30 games off it? Like, 30 games off it means you got to win 10 games a year for three years. Yeah. 30 games off it at the pace you're at, you have to coach six more seasons, dude. I mean, he's so he's number. Where's he at? All right, I'm pulling up right now. So Shula has three twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, he's about thirty games off. George Hallis three eighteen. I mean, can we can we get this shit out of here though? Can we just with the Decatur Staley's and the Chicago Staley slash? Can like, I'm sorry, these fucking records. That were from 1920 to 1967. Well, also, to be fair, hey, 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 to, to be fair, they were also playing like four games a season. So that's a lot of fucking wins. <laughs> they didn't have a 17 game season. Yeah, he coached for 47 fucking years, basically. I'm just saying, like, I'm sick of old records. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go on record of our show. I'm sick of sports old records. If only white people were playing, it's not a fucking record. Baseball, football, basketball. I'm sick of old records. This is very Jameis one of one of you. Goatsby, goat of the Super Bowl era. <laughs> is that what he says? Yeah. It's like, how, it's, like how, it's like how I view baseball records. Dude, before Jackie Robinson, before integration existed, I don't, I don't care what Ty Cobb did. Sorry. Just, I just don't care. In, in, in the same way... When Wilt Chamberlain was seven feet tall, dunking on a bunch of guys, bunch of white guys my size. Anyway, I just I just get sick of these old records because you see them and they're like, well, 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 listen, who cares? I don't give a fuck who like if you had asked me uh, six months ago before Belichick got to 300 or whatever, or he's right at 300. If you asked me six months ago, I would have told you Don Chula has the most wins of all time. I would have had no idea who was second or who was third, or I didn't sure. know that 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 Andy Reid was moving up the list and whatever. It's like I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. So the question though is: Is this a part of the decision for Belichick? Like, if you're Bill Belichick, like, 
why didn't you leave when Brady left? Why? I mean, obviously, I think he felt like he had something to prove, but it's like you haven't proven it. And no, and it's actually the opposite. He he's dude. He's hurting himself by sucking. Now, I think the the counter to the Brady thing, the Brady Belichick thing, is I think Tom Brady's a smart guy. It's it's the reason Tom Brady was so great in Belichick's system. It was the reason that a guy like him for, with athletic ability fell as far as he did, but Belichick saw it. He's a smart guy. I mean, I think the Brady leaving thing, everybody was like, oh, the, the Patriots are mishandling it. I was like, I think Brady was like, we're not good. And I've got something left. So I'm going to leave and go someplace where they are good because I'm not going to win here. And I'm out. So I think Brady just was diving off of a plane that was going down. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But like they're bad, man. Oh, they're they're they're, they're 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 awful. Are they the worst team in the AFC, right? Who's below them? I mean the Broncos. I mean, I think they're on par with each other. And especially you bringing up that Jets losing to them with the Bills losing yesterday in uh, London. That was a fun and, game to watch, by the way. And with the Jets and with the Jets beating the Bills. Yeah. I want to talk about some bad quarterback turnovers, though. Okay. I, I noticed some bad turnovers yesterday. Trevor Lawrence, two awful fumble turnovers in a game that the Jags dominate. Guys, if you watch that game, no, I know it was real early your time. I watched the whole game start to finish. Jags well, dominate was, I, was that still, game. I was still in Florida. Okay. Jags dominate that game, man. Yeah. It's only close because Trevor Lawrence, they missed at minimum two six-point opportunities by sack fumble. I, I, I just, like, those were bad turnovers. Those Tua picks, I just want to say the Tua picks are why I can't be a Tua guy yet. I just, I don't know. Like his his pick six, this pick six is a bad pass. I mean, right? and what's what's amazing is the guy who ran it. Like the other guy was also. It was a pick six if the first guy caught it. That's what I'm saying. It was it was just a bad pass. And then the second one, I actually texted you. This second to a pick, I don't. What is he doing? Listen, dude. We've t- uh, we've talked about it. It's like this is isn't Tua isn't Tua the perfect example? It's like oh cool, everybody's fucking jacking off to the Dolphins because you score seventy points against the Broncos. Everybody's like oh Andy, you're going at Tua in a game that they fucking dominated the Giants. It, like the it, like isn't Tua exactly what we were talking about isn't it Tua a guy that when he has all the weapons and his team's playing a shitty team he looks fucking fantastic and then when the bills show up right they get boat raced like yeah yeah, listen i know everybody's fucking Tua, 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 Tua. there i know there's crazy Tua defenders out there and i don't think Tua's bad no i'm not bad yeah i'm not saying that either but the idea the idea listen Tua's a lot closer to uh, uh, Dak Prescott than he is to Joe Burrow. 
100 percent. He's a lot closer to Dak Prescott than he is to Patrick Mahomes. 100%. No, I totally agree. I really, I mean, it, it's, it's again, some of these plays, like I'm talking with the Lawrence and the Tua, and then we talk about Lamar, some of those turnovers. Here's my thing on quarterback play. Something that I don't think is talked out, talked about enough. It's these types of things. Like if you, Again, there are there is a spectrum of interceptions. And and a lot of these turnovers and some of these guys, they're just bad, man. And to me, I just rarely do you see a Patrick Mahomes do that. Just a terrible pick. Joe Burrow. Like you're not gonna see just a terrible pick. And and if you do, it's rare. It's rare. I don't know. It's look. The Dolphins are going to be interesting, and I'll, and and I and they're fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. They're running like, the fuck out of the football. They're running the shit out of the football. They're getting Tyreek Hill in space, and that also helps too for the record. <laughs> yeah. What? The Tyreek Hill in space yesterday was Dude. oh just you run by a guy like a man. Here's here's the thing with my fucking Giants is like we can there's I don't even know that we want I want to fucking talk about the Giants offensive line extensively because it's like what there what is there to say other than it is nine eleven um it like what's happening on the Giants offensive line is what's worse is worse than what's happening in Israel right now like it's fucking atrocious that being said. Imagine being a safety in the NFL and ignoring Tyreek Hill in press coverage on one of your quarterbacks. Just, just being like the that cheetah may or may not run by that corner. Like, he, dude, what are you guys like? What is that? His, his name is Cheetah. They call him a Cheetah for a reason. Yeah. Okay, I, you, you look, I know it's early. I want to ask for a couple predictions, though, after five games. Now, maybe we should save this for the Miller Lite six-pack of predictions. But I just I just want to do off the top of my head. Who wins the AFC East? What's the, uh, where, where's the standings right now? I mean, it's either the Bills or the Dolphins, right? Yeah. I don't think the I just think the Jets are going to have to struggle so hard to win games. Dolphins are four and one. Bills are three and two. I mean, I think it's going to come down to the end because I just think we're in a situation now where there's here the Bills and the Dolphins are are two teams that are in the good the good team list there's a to me there's a a short list of of good teams at this point like really good teams teams that like any given sunday blah 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 blah. who gives a fuck i'm talking about teams where it's like okay they can make a playoff run um it would be it would i'm gonna say the bills but that's without taking a close look at their schedules i i think it's the bills for sure I think I think the AFC North is the same thing. It's like the problem is it's like again these the good team situation. Like I, I you know, you look I, if I have a feeling if I pull up the Dolphins schedule, like 
are the they've already played the Bills once. Like how many team how many good teams do they have on their schedule going forward? Good teams, you know. So they're at the Panthers next week. That's a win. They're 14 point pay, 14 point favorites right now. They have the Eagles after that. I think either team, one of those teams can win the game. So they do have the Chiefs on their schedule, but they go Patriots, Chiefs, Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Like <laughs> they might lose three more games total. That's, you know. So it's like, it's hard to pick against them because I don't think, but they do have the Bills one more time and it's in week seven. Man, that game is going to be for the division. Probably in Miami in week 18. The Bills just have the Giants. That's a win. The Patriots win. Bucks probably a win. Bengals, that's a, that'll be a tough game for them. Broncos, they'll score 1,000 points. Jets, Eagles, they play the Chiefs again. They have the Chargers. See, it's like, I think they have a tougher schedule on paper going forward and their game back. But here's where I'm at with all these teams. Like you said, there's only a few really good teams. I think now in the AFC, just like the NFC, I think it's a small number of teams who can win a Super Bowl. Like, real small. Uh, so here's, listen. Forget who wins the division and forget their playoff matchups. Forget it, right? Um, I have it. It's easier for me to answer this question than it is for me to answer your last question. To me, the Bills have a significantly better chance of winning the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. That's what I'm bringing. That's what I'm getting to. To, to winning the Super Bowl, to making it to the Super Bowl. In fact, but I'm gonna, who I'm, wins the division is a big part of that. At the same time, like, but I just think who has a better chance of beating three or four playoff level football teams? I think it's the Bills. Yeah. Well, and mostly because it's Josh Allen versus Tua. Mostly because the 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 Dolphins have better weapons dolphins are running the shit out of the football which is a huge help it takes the pressure off to it makes him able to be like we talked about early in the show you don't really have to be a guy who takes a ton of chances you don't really have to be a guy who like does too much um but at the same time i think that the in a head-to-head game i think the bills are probably better than them they've already kind of proven that the chiefs are better than them so it's tough, tougher to Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm going to play a call concerning our picks. We we have an idea. We're through five weeks. We both oh, I was going to say, Mata's got to start sending me the things because I'm not – they're they usually posted on Reddit. I don't even know how we did this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. You picked up a point. Okay. Fucking Dallas. So, so I got a four-point lead after five weeks. So we have a call about this. Okay. So I, I want to hear your thoughts. Sure. Hey, Dirty Sports. Mark from Wisconsin here. I got two quick things I want to talk about here, so I'm going to try to rush through both of them. First of all, condoms are for the quote-unquote dirtballs who didn't enjoy the uh, interview you guys had with David Bucker and the rest of the airplane crew last week. I thought it was great. 
And I feel like for the people who didn't love it, if they would have actually listened, there was some good stuff there. I mean, that story they told about the advice they always give to people trying to make it in the film industry about don't even try, give up, go home. And then it's those people that if they actually come back, those are the ones that have a shot. I mean, that's gold. That's like legit life advice, which, uh, you know, we get from time to time on the Dirty Sports Podcast. But listening to some other people give some life advice, that's going to stick with me for a while. So condoms are for the people who were shitting on that interview. But other thing I wanted to get on is I guess by the time this call would get played on the show, we'll be five weeks into the NFL season. And as far as I'm aware, there is no bet set yet for your guys' head-to-head pickup. Um, just to, uh, just kind of wanted to get the ball rolling on that. I'll let you guys start the negotiations. If I could throw an idea out there though, I know that there are two outstanding bets floating around one for each of you. Ruther still has to enroll in a women's studies course and Prano still has to spend a day in Ikea. So just a thought that I had was maybe you incorporate that into this season's bet. You could do something where the winner gets that, that waived. Um, so it's more of a reward. And then for the loser, you know, the timer starts. Andy, you got two months to enroll in the women's studies course. Prano, you got two months to spend a day in Ikea. Just my thought. More so, just wanted to get the ball rolling on your guys' discussion on that. No need to take my idea. But, yeah, here's to hear what that you guys come up with. And stay dirty. Hey, Dirty Sports. Mark from Wisconsin here. I got two quick. So, look, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I've seen I've seen some digs and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend myself. I've seen some digs of both of us uh, uh, about. You I would guys. like to just point out one thing because uh, I've seen some digs as well. I would just like to say for the pe- some people have taken the dig without actual w- and have made false claims, which is ne- n- no years do we fucking do it. First of all, we've done a lot of shit. Last year, I almost died in the Rio Hotel. <laughs> this, I, within within the seconds of the season ending, I ate fucking seven danger witches. Okay. Um, also, I've had my hair dyed fucking purple. We've done a lot of these fucking. I bets. went to an insane clown posse concert. Yeah, there's a, a there. We've done a lot of these bets. There's two outstandings. One of them is neither of them are from last year. So, can True. we get a can we get a little bit of a fucking break? In the yes, Andy had. Two full seasons before he had a child, but he does now have a child. Also, I know it is used as one of the things to shit on me about, but I am a forty-four-year-old touring comedian. I'll tr- I'm. It's not like I've like, oh, good Andy and all the fucking sick-minded dirtballs we have have forgotten that I'm supposed to spend twenty-four hours in IKEA, guys. We'll fucking do it. And maybe there is, listen, maybe there is a, a discussion to be had where this year's bet elevates in some way. And part of that is a reward situation. So two busy guys don't have to fucking do outstanding bets. Sure. Now, maybe that isn't going to make people happy, but perhaps if the bet uh, that we come up for this, for this year is elaborate enough, um then maybe they're okay with it but like again we owe you nothing <laughs> well look and, and 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 i don't like i said it's fine if people want to say you know they they have these yeah we do we have two outstanding and mine has nothing to do mine literally goes back to how many seasons ago with the l chain and then i was caught on the other podcast not wearing it so it's like 
you know, it's it's like a deep dive within old seasons. I don't even remember when the IKEA one, but yeah, you did do the Danger Witch, which is two seasons ago. The IKEA which, which which to be honest, I I, I like. You know, I liked that bet last year because of that very reason. Like, I don't have to travel anywhere. Not, right. not that I, I got. I just, I just spent ninety six dollars and had Uber Eats deliver me death on a fucking which on, on sourdough. Which exactly? I mean, versus you having to go to an IKEA. I'm not trying to make excuses. Some people are like, "Yeah, you are Ruther," which is fine. But that was a pretty easy bet. Either of us could have done. Now. I'm open, like I said, I'm open to these things too. A, a, a quote unquote award, or you know, it gets negated. However, you want to view it, a previous bet. I almost, I mean, when he, the caller was saying, I was like, "Ooh, maybe the thing is just losers got to do both of the outstanding bets." But then I was like, I don't think Ruther would even mind 24 hours in IKEA, a full uh, a start to close in IKEA. This guy goes to Costco, like voluntarily so yeah ikea wouldn't kill me yeah I, we went recently meanwhile meanwhile like a uh, fucking women's studies course wouldn't kill me except that it would be except that it fucking takes a lot of time yeah no for sure like so, the look. IKEA thing is like the, the 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 and and listen i'm not saying that we're not going to do that like i'm not i'm not necessarily suggesting that that's out i think that was a good uh, L for me to take because there is truly the factor of like, I might lose my fucking mind. Like it could be the reason it was a bet is because I had my world's, my life's only panic attack at a fucking Ikea. I hate it. So I get it. By the way, this, this new chair in back of me, Ikea, the desk that I'm doing the show on Ikea. Listen, my thing with Ikea is find it online, lock it up, Show up, have them put it in the back of your car and leave. I'm not fucking window shopping. I don't like going to any stores at this but point. But you know what I've decided though? I think we like we decided, Brittany and I decided as a couple after that. We're we're I think we're mostly done with IKEA. Just the putting it together and the like I, I don't like I'm not losing my mind in there like you would, but I'm just like it's also it's not the best quality, guys. Let's just call what it no, is. It's not the best quality. Let's just call what it is. It's not. And also, I'm a little annoyed. So I, <laughs> you're right. I do talk about shit, and I do. So I'm about to tell a shit story. I had to take the worst shit right now out of an IKEA, and I got to take just this fucking terrible dump. And I'm like, this is gonna be a minute. So I go in there. <laughs> Who knew that I talk about shitting all the time? And some of our most vocal critics. <laughs> anyway. I'm feeling good. There's no one in there. This fucking asshole comes in. He gets in the stall right next to me to shit. I was so angry. I almost called him out like, you, dude, what are you doing? Just let me finish. Like, come on, man. Was there only two stalls? No. Well, that's weird. Or go in the handicap. That You know, he should have gone in oh, the handicap. I go in the handicap all the time. I prefer the handicap. You got space. To be totally honest with you. And... Yeah. I, uh, I am like I I think about the curb your enthusiasm. I was just like, gonna say great. I episode. mean, but like at the same time, I'm just it's the easiest thing ever. 
they come in, I'd be like, ah, sorry, man. It's never happened to me before, but just FYI, man, you spread out. I like having bars too, bro. I know you use them to help get up and down. I use them just, you know, clenching. Like, let's go. I like, I like having me some bars in there. Speaking of handicap, I'm on a crusade. The number of handicap spaces across this country is absolutely egregious. And I'm Parking sick of it. spaces? Oh, yeah. It's out of control. Oh, everywhere. This is a shameful take. No, it's not a shameful take. It's a great take. I was pointing out, and my girlfriend, she's always looking at it now, and she actually agrees with me. Everywhere you go, dude, everywhere has so many handicapped spaces. I'm going to start parking in them. You heard me for, for first. It's not even about walking. It's to – I'm taking a stand against this. They, they do not need 30 handicapped spaces at the grocery store. Well, first of all, this is a this is a very Midwest concept. Like here we have one or two because the no. parking lot in LA, the parking lots aren't big enough where you have this like row of handicap spots. This is that's a very like suburban thing where okay. like the, the row right by the store is whatever. And I'm sure, by the way, there's laws in each and every state about how many spots per spots in the parking lot. Now, that being said, okay, I think that the obvious thing is like it doesn't really it doesn't matter how big a parking like i i'm sure that's the rule in place i'm sure here where there's 30 spots at the fucking trader joe's are like two because let's be honest at any given moment there's probably a chance of two people you can't just have one just no, get first come first serve right but Let's be honest. It doesn't matter where you are in the world and how big the parking lot is. The chances of like 10 different handicapped people That's showing up point. to the Cincinnati target is ludicrous. So I get that. But then at the same time, I'm sure it's a legal thing. And maybe you should petition to lower that number. You know, maybe it should be maybe it shouldn't have anything to do with the number of spaces. Because let's be honest, like three or four spots in a big parking lot, like you're going to be sufficient unless there's some sort of black friday deals on motorized wheelchairs or whatever i don't think 30 people are showing up i'm not talking about three or four spots i'm talking about 10 plus spots and i've never seen more than two and it's everywhere target grocery store restaurants i'm just i'm getting sick of it i'm putting my foot down and i think a lot of people aren't handicapped they're just obese people because i live in the, live in the midwest oh man andy set this uh, set this to an acoustic guitar and and go on Rogan in a couple weeks. I'm just saying, it's selling like, my soul, doing the podcast, obese people taking handicap spots. It's true though, man. Like, there's a reason people of Walmart exist as a social media account. You shouldn't be able to park closer to Home Depot just because you can't stop them shoving Oreos in your face. Who are you? Who are you in person? You don't know this guy? Who? The fucking the uh, uh, the acoustic guitar guy who wrote like one uh, uh, incredibly good verse about like uh, the the one percent in America, and then verse two was how fat people spend their welfare checks on on cookies. You don't know who I'm talking about? <laughs> you had no clue, bro. It's the biggest thing ever. He was he a hundred million views on TikTok. He was literally on Rogan. What? Yeah. How did you miss this? I miss a lot now, I think. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a singer. He's from, I don't know, Appalachia or whatever. He's also fat, by the way, himself. But uh, he wrote like a brilliant verse and sang it. And it was all about 
Uh, and, and the chorus is fantastic as well. But then he came back on the second verse and it's just like trashing fat wealth people on welfare. And it was like, oh, this song's really taking a turn. I'm going to have to figure it out. I just put you'll figure about, it out. You can't singer even, about I put yeah. singer about obese people and, and weird. It's, Al Nor- it's called rich men north of Richmond or whatever is the name of the song. But like, honestly, don't even play it on here because this is from two months ago. It was the biggest thing. Everybody except for you listening to this podcast has heard this song. I'm I'm like that far out of it. Yeah, you're that far. It was dude. It was it was a mega fucking honestly i bet you it's got i bet you it's got a hundred million views on tiktok i mean literally i was like what is he even talking about (laughs) okay we do have a call baseball related i'd like to get out there okay have you watched the playoffs i still haven't watched the pitch yes i have Yes, I have. Do we have I a did, baseball? Is we have a baseball call? Is that what you brought it up? Yeah, it's a call. It's more related to the buy. What what's that? Is it call related to the buy? No, but I have seen a lot of stuff saying it's hurting the good teams. Yeah. Well, that's because I mean, um, listen, the the uh, Astros won their game one. I don't think it was it the is there's there's been a lot of years without a buy in baseball and Clayton Kershaw has still been a choke artist for long before the buy existed. And then, of course, Braves fans lose gave one Braves fans are going to complain like if they didn't have a buy, they would have complained that they didn't have a buy. They had a buy. They fucking they're complaining like Braves fans are going to complain no matter what. Oh, we got to play during the day. We wanted to play at night. Oh, we want to play at night. We want to play during the day. Braves fans are the whiniest little fucking cunts in the history of sports. So we saw that coming, but I don't think Clayton Kershaw choking in the playoffs has anything to do with the bye. Well, um, I saw it more with the Orioles losing their first two. Right. But like, listen, I'll say this before you get in the call because I can't wait to talk baseball. I do By the way, the, call, the call is nothing about it. The call is more about the Rays attendance. In this oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll talk about this, but um, we discussed. All of this and more on a recent playoff edition of the Dirty Slides podcast that we put out. It's been out a couple days now. And we ta- I talked about how I thought um, it was going to be the one and two seed teams moving on to the next round. But that the two um, outlier situations that I could see happening is that the Phillies have tough, tough pitching and they... Um, are in a division with the Braves, so they know them very well. So I could see that being a sneaky series. And I talked about on the um, podcast, and Laz agreed with me, the other sneaky team, if you look at it, is the four teams with uh, experienced uh, managers, that being Dusty, Dave Roberts, uh, Snicker in Atlanta, and then, of course, Bochi in Texas. You can't put... Um, enough weight on a, an Orioles team that is good probably before they were ready to be good with a first year man. I know he, he managed a team like 10 years ago. He managed like the Marlins for in 2011 or something like that. But Bruce Bochy is pulling all the right strings already. And I think that's as much of a factor as anything. Anyway, let's talk about the Rays attendance because they should move to London on the they they should put their equipment on a boat with the Jaguars and just move to London. Well, this guy, I can't believe this guy's defend you'll hear. It. He's defending situation because they technically play in St. Peter. So here's the call. Hey guys, the Florida Dirt Ball. 
Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I'm not even a Rays fan, but <clears throat> just listening to Andy kind of talk about Tampa Bay's got a problem. I just want to clear the air. It's not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, this, that's where the Rays should go. The Rays play in St. Petersburg, Florida. If you're not familiar, it's really hard to get to. There's like three bridges to get to it from, you know, the greater Tampa Bay area. St. Pete itself is like a really hipster kind of area. Uh, they love the Rays, but, you know, they don't really go out. It's hard to get to, especially in the middle of the day. So St. Pete, you know, they're just so insecure and they have a stranglehold on the Rays. For some reason, they just think the Rays are just going to keep their economy going or something. And the city of St. Pete is paying for like half of the stadium. Um, and that's like kind of contributed to the long war of like getting this new Rays stadium. Um, but they belong in Tampa. They belong in Tampa. That's the easiest place to get to. It's a bit of lightning play. You know, the lightning don't have this problem. The Bucks don't have this problem. Um, you know, it's good for St. Pete, I guess. You know, I don't know. Maybe it'll be cool, like, for the grand opening. But other than that, ultimately bad for the Rays. Uh, they need to go to Tampa. That's where they belong. All right. Thank you very much. Peace. Dude, I just want to say this before we even get into it. Florida fans just suck in general, man. Like, 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 I think we both agree. I mean, how many stories do we see? Or how many things have we seen? The Heat fans left a game that they're winning. Like th that to me is the, that's like the poster child for Florida fans suck. Did you see how many empty seats were at the Giants game yesterday? There's a lot of empty seats for a good, fun team to watch. No, they shouldn't be in Tampa. They shouldn't be anywhere in Florida. The, well, the, the Marlins shouldn't be there. Like, like, should Florida have sports teams? Yeah. No, no one goes to Marlins games either. And they're in fucking Miami. Um, I mean, I, I, I the lightning I, do well. I know the lightning do well. Let me add one other fact to that. In, in addition to Florida fans being bad, which I don't think anybody can argue with. And, and sure, maybe the same Pete thing is a factor. Okay. But, um, you know, it, when you talk about football, Florida is weirdly in the hockey. And I think that, uh, that has to do with a lot of different things, but also going, getting to go inside. It's, it feels like it, it almost feels like, a novelty to be watching hockey in Florida. Um, yeah. and they expanded there, they expanded, um, to Florida and it was a big deal and people support if Tampa Bay and Florida, I believe came into the league together. I believe the Panthers and the lightnings came into the league together. They expanded to Florida because they saw there was a market for hockey there and it's worked, uh, football. Obviously you're in sec bill, right? Tampa Bay bucks. It's like, Dude, you're, it's it's eight did, did you see what the Bucks did before this season? No, and this actually kind of negates his call. The Bucks minimized the stadium post Brady. They dropped thirty six hundred seats. Right, but also it's eight games. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna mostly fill the seats. I have spent a lot of time in Tampa, and I spent a lot of time in Tampa because I had a friend who played. Uh, minor league baseball for the Yankees baseball is a sport with an aging audience. Florida is a state with an aging population. Baseball fans in Florida aren't fucking race fans. 
they're Yankees fans. Yeah. They're Mets fans. They're Phillies fans. They're Red Sox fans. They're people who have been watching baseball since they were a kid in a state that they used to live. Sure. Yeah. They've, they have no affiliation with the race. That's a good point too. Cause there's no hometown connection. You go, you go, go to a fucking, go to a, uh, um, a Yankees, uh, uh, spring training game in Tampa. There's more people there than there were at a playoff race game. Yeah. That makes sense. Go to a, go to a Tampa Yankees game historically when Clemens is coming back off the DL or A-Rod is coming back off the DL or whatever. That fucking stadium is picked. I mean, look, it just hasn't worked, right? At end of the day, I don't care whether you're and, in St. And, and again, not, this is not to... Uh, shit on his call. He could be absolutely right. But that's just one factor. I mean, I just think, look, man, you're, you're stressed. I understand that they're not logistically in the best location, but when you're using bridges as an excuse, I mean, I just feel like you're, you know, you're like, Oh, there's three, it takes three bridges to get like, what you're using. Yeah, dude, guess what? For me, if I want to go to a, a Reds or Bengals game, I got to cross a couple bridges. I'm not using that as an excuse. I just, I don't know. They've never had a fan base ever. And again, the Bucks still, if the, if the fan base was that strong, they wouldn't have to reduce the seating as Brady left. That's what they had to do. They'd reduce. And, and there's look, listen, the Tampa Bay Rays are a great organization in terms of taking young talent and, and, playing them well and then moving on from them. They're also not, there's not a historic, uh, uh, a star in Tampa Bay and in, in Ray's history because they don't let the guys stick around long enough. I don't know who you want to, who you want these guys to come see. They got to learn new guys every year, not saying it doesn't work, but also at some point you got to try to win a world series by keeping some of these guys around and adding, to the young players, some veteran talent and whatever. Also your stadium sucks. Even if it's in St. Pete, it sucks. So there's a, a trillion factors, but if you're not going to do anything about any of them, it's certainly not just Tampa would support, but they're in St. Pete. It's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that's true. Yeah. Might support a little bit more, but you had the lowest attendance since the fucking, Black Sox for a, a playoff. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Yeah, a throne World Series. But to me, right, Joe, that is. We always talk about the fucking, you know, it's like this happened before the Twin Tower. The Twin Towers, dude, the Empire State Building wasn't up yet. <laughs> fucking. I mean, that stat and the whole situation in Tampa, that's just a microcosm of baseball's problems in general. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just a problem. Like, guys, I I am the poster child for baseball's problem. I really am. I you know, I'm going through, I'm going through all the stuff here at at my house, stuff I had at my parents' house, right? Stuff I'm gonna start hanging finally gonna start hanging some stuff on walls, like in the basement. I got all this cool red stuff I'm finding. 
that I forgot I had signed baseballs from players. Some of the pennants I had at the smart studio from the 75 90 world series. I found this cool Pete Rose signed thing. I don't even, my dad got it for me. It was like Pete Rose ballpark in Boca Raton, Florida. God knows how long that place lasted. They're probably from the early nineties, but like, it's a really, it's like, it's, it's shaped like a giant ticket. All these baseball memories. And look at me now. I, I the, the point is, and it wasn't that like the Reds haven't been good. The Reds were a fun team to watch this year. You know why you lost me? I can't even watch Reds games, guys. Right. That's a whole other thing. I can't even watch them. So how am I supposed to get geeked? We all know the whole thing that happened with the owner and all that. I'm just and, saying. And, and, and this is, again, to kind of defend the like baseball has its own overall issues, which certainly play into the Rays situation. But at the same time. It's just one. All of these things are one of many. Okay, St. Pete, baseball having a marketing problem. Your stadium fucking sucks. You have you have the fan bases of a lot of different fucking baseball teams down there. Uh, you know, you don't you don't keep stars around. You don't market stars because you don't have them to keep around. Uh, like there's a million fucking factors. But 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 that's the point. Is all these factors make. Again, I'm the poster child, the guy who has all these great memories growing up. And obviously I'll still have those and things can change. But the point is, we, we all know how I'm such an NFL guy. And, and that's that's all I'm saying is, is baseball, what happened? What happened to you? And also the way the league set up, I read a, I read a great piece today on it was it was it was talking about the Patriots, but in, in general it was talking about the NFL. Just how it's like do you want the NFL's great? You can go from the fucking Bengals at two and fourteen to being a Super Bowl contender. The way they've built that league and the way they re revenue share and kind of the point of the article, you know what it was saying, which is interesting because obviously we know how the Patriots did. The point was they don't want a team to dominate forever was it, it's better for the league, it's better for the fans, it's better for money if it's kind of cyclical, right? It's like the Steelers have won six Super Bowls. You haven't won one since 2009. So, but they hold on to that, right? There's a guy down the street, he's got a flag up, which by the way, I, I, I'm i on your side now with these NFL fans just annoy the shit out of me. As well, that's what, that's a, that, go, I'm going to let you finish because then this is, this will be a good segue into another whole the thing i want to talk about well what i was going to say is like i'm walking roscoe this morning and i know he's proud because they beat the ravens but he's got a flag outside six-time nfl champs and i was just hoping somebody walked in the yard i was gonna say did you have one since 2009 you're living in the past but that guy that guy thinks they have a chance this year well here's the other thing i think with baseball as an issue of baseball. So I don't I like, I don't watch hockey cause I don't under, I'm, I never played hockey. I don't know the in intricacies of the game. I just learned what for checking and back checking were this fucking year, you know? Um, I don't understand it. And I love watching hockey in person, but like, I'm never going to pretend as if I know which hockey teams are going to win and which hockey teams aren't. I, I cannot, I cannot be an analyst of hockey games because I don't know anything. It's why we have the hockey calls. Um, I think with, I did the same thing with soccer. I just don't know it. You know what I mean? Um, it's why we kind of stopped talking college football because I don't watch it enough to keep up with who's good and who's bad. Um, when you look at the NBA, 
everybody's gone out in the yard and shot hoops. And then because the NBA is so star driven, you can kind of have an elementary understanding of who's good and bad without actually knowing anything about the schemes of an NBA team. Yeah. Uh, we all know that, you know, the, uh, uh, Giannis and, and, and Dame together is going to make them better. Am I frozen on you again? Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as you're there. So, and I, and I mean, we have the LeBron thing and the Jordan thing, and it's just such a star driven league that I think you get a lot of fans who understand basketball because they just need to understand great players. And this is where we get into the NFL. The NFL has so many fans who've never stepped foot on a football field and don't understand the intricacies of the game and yet really feel like they understand and know football because they fucking play fantasy. And it's why I think a lot of the opinions of people end up getting exposed and mm. why and why that delusion factor is there because yeah. fans aren't that knowledgeable. Sure. But a couple wins and they're like, we're really good. Unbelievable. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. How about you do this? My fucking computer is just literally. Oh, I'm back. Holy there you shit. Are. Dude, my computer just went white. And then it's I a, returned to the screen. It's a newer computer, too. It's unbelievable. No, well, those, are, those, by the way, those are all great points, and it's true. Oh, and, and by the way, what that and my point about that is baseball, just like I think there we're in an era where people just like. Kids don't play baseball for as long as they used to. Kids aren't just like going out for their high school team. I think there's like a lack of understanding about the intricacies of baseball and a marketing problem and whatever. You, you know, I, I got a great personal one to just share their problem. This actually says it all. It just hit me. You know, when I was growing up, you had your local like not whole baseball team and then you could play for your school, right? The school team doesn't exist anymore. At least in Cincinnati, in the Catholic, in the Catholic league, and it probably doesn't in the public schools either. Like I could play for my grade school. Like I played for two teams. It doesn't even exist. Whereas obviously the local Catholic football team exists, the local Catholic basketball team. So right in there shows baseball's problem. You can't even play for your own school because not enough kids are interested. They can't even field teams. I think the, the the lack of like a real knowledgeable baseball fan anymore about the knowledge of the game and the marketing issues and all that is one of big baseball's problems. Whereas the the flip side in football between Sunday ticket and fantasy and primetime games and survivor and but just Thursday leads. night primetime yeah. game, Monday night primetime game, Sunday night primetime game. You, you even if you don't have Sunday ticket, you get five to six NFL games a weekend that you can watch for sure at home. Add in fantasy, add in the talking heads on football. And, and this would be, a, you know, I think leads to the delusional fan problem. So many fans who really don't know shit about football think they know shit about football. A hundred percent. But like you said, that's why the popularity is so strong, right? Because I mean, you've, you've, you've given these, you've given fans, You've convinced them that they do know it. Oh my God. I mean, you, especially the Reddit is where it's hot. You go in these team Reddits, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, again, like people just think they know because they, they, they watch and they don't know shit. 
but you know what? NFL's done it so smartly. I I am to the point though with baseball. Like 25 years from now, I think there's a chance soccer will overtake it in America. I really do. As far as popularity. It's just waning and waning. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Well, I think if if soccer in America keeps making the moves that they're making and baseball in America keeps not making any moves whatsoever, it's possible. I also think, and I've been on the Let Pray No Commish campaign for a long time, but I also think that baseball, I, I don't think baseball is just like dying because it's dying. I think it's just being mismanaged. And I think there would be, you forget that baseball is the original fantasy sport. I was just, it's funny. You just beat me to it. I was just going to say, the first time I ever did fantasy, I can tell you, was after my freshman year at St. Louis University. It was summer of 2001. I did a fantasy baseball league with some guys in my fraternity way before I did fantasy football. Like there's so many little moves that we can make. You know, the NBA has a situation where you get, you can, if you sign with the team that, you're on and you sign with the team that drafted you, you, uh, you can make more money. Like having people stick around is important. Having stars yeah. you can cling on to That's is true. important. Having all these things. There's so many things that baseball mismanages from the marketing standpoint, but I mean, I don't soccer. I've been hearing about soccer taking over since like fucking the world cup in 1994. That's 30 a fair years point. Ago. So, uh, it, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, soccer. But at the same time, some of these teams are doing the smart thing and being like, we'll we'll pay Messi. Yeah. All right, give us a call. Weigh in. 310-359-8365. That is our hotline. Again, guys, do me a solid. Try to keep it. Try to keep it around 60 seconds. And don't make calls from a coal mine. Or I don't know where you guys are doing this. We all know upside down in a back cave while your head's in a fish tank. I just working at working in a coal mine when there's handicapped spots <laughs> of coals. Come see us live. December 16th. We'll be in new Orleans for the thousandth episode. Joe's going to be headlining later that night, two shows. So if you haven't bought your ticket or if you're thinking about it, Get your podcast tickets now. Comedy House Nola. Uh, shout out to uh, not a ton of dirt balls came out the QS. I didn't think you would. It's very end of the world, but two dirt balls over the weekend, uh, and both of them with their significant others. Thank you. I met a dirt ball Andy uh, that I've never seen or heard from online. He's like, I'm not big on social media. You know what his name was? Anferny. I was like, man. Throw, uh, a throwback Penny Hardaway. I was like, I haven't heard the name Anthony. Um, so shout out to Anthony and his girlfriend for coming. Um, guys, uh, thank you for coming out and supporting shows. I have uh, shows in LA this week. We're doing a show this Wednesday with my friends, our friends, our friends from the show, uh, Minimal Golf down at their golf club in Redondo. End of the month, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas. I'll be there October 30th through November 5th. Uh, November, I've got Alaska. Pizza Staro's coming to Alaska. I've got shows, I believe, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all around Alaska. 
And uh, of course, our show's in December. Um, this is all on my website at joeprano.com and it's all over my social media. Um, if you go on my Instagram at joeprano and click on the show's calendar highlight. Cool. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. Wake us. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.